The Crop Consultant Conference returns on September 28th and 29th in Visalia, California, co-hosted by Progressive Crop Consultant Magazine and the Western Region Certified Crop Advisors Association. This two-day conference features two concurrent CE tracks for both PCAs and CCAs. Earn the DPR and CCA credits you need. Network on our trade show floor and join us in giving away scholarships and honorariums presented by Western Region CCA, including the CCA of the Year Award. Visit progressivecrop.com slash conference. This podcast is sponsored by Dave Wilson Nursery, farmer proven since 1938. Contact them today at one 844 D-W-N-T-R-E-E. Welcome to My Ag Life, where we cover your world in agriculture. This podcast is powered by the top publications in the industry. West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and Organic Farmer Magazine. Here is your host, Taylor Chalstrom. Hi, welcome to My Ag Life. Today, we're talking to Ryan Jacobson, CEO of Fresno County Farm Bureau, about the Bureau's recent Farm Bill session hosting and what ag industry members really want to see in the bill's next iteration. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thanks for having me once again. Yeah, it's great to have you back. Ryan, can you tell me a little bit about the current Farm Bill, also known as the Agriculture Improvement Act of 2018, and really the type of legislation that it presents, you know, why is it worth paying attention to? How does this type of legislation really impact ag industry members' livelihoods? So I always have to start with the basic premise that I get so upset with the typically referred to farm bill because a lot of folks don't know out there that over 70%, and it's been high as high as like 76% of the farm bill is actually nutrition-related programs. And that's everything from WIC to you name it, anything that has to do with more the consumer side, not the farm side. So I've always been a big proponent of starting from the beginning of like, let's rename this thing. Either it's the, you know, the food and nutrition bill, the food and uh, uh, or the farm and food security bill. I think there's a lot of different things that we uh, should be. But that's why, quite honestly, so many people should be looking at this versus those that historically have, because there is such a big chunk of it that's going towards nutrition related programs. But the Farm Bill has happens basically every five years. It was only give or take about 15 years ago, 15 to 20 years ago, that you actually started to see California play in this. Predominantly from a historical perspective, it was more of considered a Midwestern bill, uh, uh, you know, the, the middle part of America type of bill. Uh, but uh, over the course of the last, you know, 15 or so years, you've seen more action from California involvement in this um, as the farm bills had some more environmental type of uh, programs that have been a part of it that have benefited California agriculture there. Uh, when it comes to just the overall scheme of what the farm bill does, it does have a lot of important things other than the environmental components to it um, here for California Ag. It does have the crop insurance components. Um, and then it has all these other different facets. I mentioned the food uh, security type of components, the nutrition side of it, but that's something that does benefit farmers because that's the uh, consumer that's getting access to these fresh, healthy products there. And so, uh, yeah, the farm bill is extraordinarily you know, important to uh, the nation. And uh, it's definitely something that people uh, you know, uh, are engaging more so today than maybe they historically did. The last iteration of the farm bill was updated in 2018. And now five, almost five years later, we're approaching 2023 here. It's coming for its next update. And so the state has been holding some uh, listening sessions in various counties trying to get 
um, ag industry members' sort of opinions on what they'd like to see on the next iteration of the Farm Bill. Fresno County Farm Bureau hosted one of these. So I'm just curious, there were some pretty important folks present at this meeting. You know, what did they have to say about it? And what were some of the asks of the actual attendees? Yeah, so we're appreciative that the, uh, you know, the state government is getting their act together and saying, hey, here's some priorities from California's far- uh, farmers' perspectives and, uh, you know, trying to lead with the fa- uh, fact that we, we get ourselves organized. Essentially, you know, there's the greatest thing about California ag is our diversity, but it also becomes a weakness because there's just so many different crops that we have here in comparison uh, to places like the Midwest where you're focused down the five or seven different crops. Um, so uh, this uh, this particular uh, listening session was uh, hosted uh, by it was at Fresno County Farm Bureau, but we had Secretary Karen Ross here, as well as uh, uh, the uh, Undersecretary for CDFA, as well as the Undersecretary from um, Cal EPA that were uh, participating as well. But this was an opportunity; it was kind of an open mic format where folks that wanted to uh, come give uh, what their viewpoint of uh, the priorities for California Ag should be, at least from CDFA's perspective, um, they were able to give that. Uh, perspective. And so there was a gr- very diverse crowd here. Um, we had folks from, you know, the local food banks that were able, that were here to talk about, you know, food security and what can be done to uh, better make that happen going over the course of the next five years for the next farm bill. Uh, we had folks that were talking about the uh, um, the environmental programs, the EQIP program, and some of these other very successful programs that have been a big part of um, uh, uh, California Ag in, in these uh, last couple of farm bills. Um, another component that I know a lot of folks don't think about is historic Historically, the farm bill for a lot of these programs that when it's brought Californian has only focused on fresh produce and uh, fresh is obviously a uh, it, it's 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 a term that you think you know what it means, but we want to see it broaden because at least specifically from California's needs, we believe frozen canned and dried fruit should also be involved in that. Um, I should say fruits and vegetables, because you, you know as well as I that there's a. Um, there's an there's something important about you know there's the, a lot of these crops are only in season for short times here in California and the fact that we're able to preserve them in their wholesome state without you know added uh, lots of added unnecessary ingredients is something that we should be promoting and utilizing because I mentioned earlier about the nutrition component of this one of the big big components of it is the school lunch program throughout the country um, participates in this and so being able to get things such as raisins or dried apricots and other kind of valley produce that's so critically important to this region a part of that school lunch program because it's um you know maybe currently maybe defined wrong but in the future could be redefined because it is a wholesome product i think is something that's critically important um but we just there was a, there was approximately 50 people in attendance um a great majority of those did uh offer some comments and it was just a good opportunity to really strategically think where we're going as a state uh, as far as our ask up in the uh, next farm bill fantastic we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors Are you considering developing or redeveloping an orchard? Dave Wilson Nursery will provide you with the best quality trees. From the successful Independence and new Self-Fertile Liberty Almond to proven Zager Genetics fruit, you can trust that our sales reps are there for the life of your orchard. And that is just the beginning. Season after season, you can expect quality and exceptional customer service from Dave Wilson Nursery. Contact us at 1-844-DWN-TREES to learn more. Hi, we're back talking to Ryan Jacobson, CEO of Fresno County Farm Bureau, about the Bureau's recent farm bill session hosting and what ag industry members really want to see in the bill's next iteration. Ryan, I'm curious, asking you personally, as the CEO of Fresno County Farm Bureau, what would you really like to see on that updated farm bill as, you know, as far as what's affecting California, you know, 
how do you think it can be changed or, you know, things added to it to better impact members of not only Fresno County's ag community, but the state's ag industry? Terrific question. And let me, I'm going to keep this at the, uh, you know, 50,000 foot level because there are so many specific details we're asking, but uh, yeah, let me go through some of the the hot items that I think that uh, we're prioritizing as the Farm Bureau. You know, first of all, I mean, when you look at Title II, it's the conservation side of things. I've, I've mentioned multiple times the environmental incentives that uh, have been a part of the last, I think, three farm bills. Uh, critically important. The EQIP program has done amazing things for replacing diesel engines up and down the state to water conservation, to to you name it, there's a whole list of things that have really been critically important for us to uh, take advantage of that program. Our partners over at NRCS um, that get their funding through this um, particular segment um, really have been fantastic to work with. And so we want to see that not just continued, but we would love to see it strengthened or beefened up over the course of the next farm bill. Um, so that's big. Um, there's also the Regional Conservation Partnership Program. That's another part of that that California has participated in um, that's helped on some of those environmental incentives. Um, so we want to continue to see that uh, a big part of the farm bill. Uh, Title III is the trade component. Um, we are huge proponents here in California agriculture of trying to uh, make sure we have these programs in place to help us basically promote and sell California grown produce around the world. Um, uh, you, I'm sure you're very familiar with the fact that 40, about 40% 40 of California's produce is exported. Um, we're, we're very dependent upon um, trade and our foreign partners of being a, a big portion of where we're, where our commodities end up. And so trying to continue to beef these things up. And I, I would actually argue that as we come out of the pandemic, as we come out of COVID, these programs are even more so important today than they were before, just simply because we're trying to reestablish markets that were faltered during the, the COVID pandemic. Um, obviously, we've had the shipping woes, uh, transportation issues that have made it difficult to get products there. And so we want to continue to keep uh, California produce first and foremost in the minds of those uh, foreign consumers that we really, really depend upon. Um, as far as uh, Title IV is the nutrition component, I mentioned earlier about really wanting to see an expanded acceptance of um, not just fresh, but frozen, canned and dried fruits and vegetables, because that's uh, so remarkably um, important to recognize that, hey, California produces two thirds of the nation's fruits and one third of the nation's vegetables. We need to be able to have um, Americans need to have access to that year round. And so for those that are part of these nutrition programs, making sure that they have access to that um, and then making sure we continue those partnerships through this title with uh, the food banks. The food banks have become important partners to American agriculture through the Farm Bill. And so we want to make sure for those Americans that do have food insecurity, that they continue to participate in that. Um, this is one that's going to surprise you. But um, I uh, actually have near um, near uh, dear to my heart here in Fresno County is uh, uh, Title Eight has to do with um, there's included in that's the forestry issues, and I know this is this doesn't you know a lot of people this doesn't resonate and click right away, but the largest farmer I have in Fresno County is the federal government because of the amount of forest land that they own. Um, obviously, those forest lands aren't. Um, aren't utilized or managed like they were historically. They're not used for uh, timber or lumber like they uh, uh, once were. But nevertheless, these catastrophic fires we've had in our backyards, it's got to stop. We got to step in. Forest management so sorely needed. So we're looking for not just, um, you know, included mo uh, additional monies for uh, forest management, but also reforms that would expedite these processes and make it a whole lot quicker because we're dealing not just with the forestry issues, but it's the smoke down here in the valley during those issues that have also caused us major problems with smoke taint in uh, vineyards or, or wine grapes um, and just the exposure for um, our employees to the wildfire smoke. 
Uh, Title 11 is the crop insurance component of it. Crop insurance, extraordinarily important to California agriculture, just because of the specialty crops and the huge investments we have in a single crop. And so making sure farmers have some safety net and, um, if, if mother nature happens to uh, hurt us during that particular year is extraordinarily important. And then uh, I think overall, just trying to do more and more when it comes to, um, you know, the, the, the miscellaneous area, uh, pest, and disease, disease, pest and disease issues. Um, those are definitely something we're uh, continuing um, to be worried about here in California agriculture. You know, the Central Valley, one of uh, the only, you know, one of five Mediterranean environments found throughout the world. Mediterranean environments just happen to be good hosts to invasive species because a lot of species can live here. And so we want to see continued funding for trying to prevent but also when things happen, making sure that we have the monies to go after these critters um, if they do um, have some kind of established or they're found here in the state. Um, again, there's a lot of other things that I think are important in the farm bill that I haven't mentioned. It's just when you look at the 50,000 foot level, that's kind of a good summary of what we're looking at. Definitely. Yeah, those are some, some really great and important points. And one of those, that fire one, is directly slash indirectly related to my next question here. Uh, regarding climate change, you know, as you know, these wildfires have really gone up in the last four or five years, um, and many attribute that to climate change. And the Biden administration has chosen to prioritize climate change as sort of their overarching federal policy priority. I mean, how do you think that will affect the next iteration of the Farm Bill in 2023 and subsequently California Ag? I know, you know, there's we're doing a lot here regarding climate change, getting to um, net zero emissions and that sort of thing. So it's going to be a very fascinating year, politically speaking, when it comes to the farm bill. From a historical standpoint, one of the most bipartisan, bipartisan type of uh, pieces of legislation you see every five years is the uh, is the farm bill. It's typically very bipartisan. It's uh, typically the you know the ag committee. There is something special about it, unique about it, because of the bipartisanship that you see with it. Uh, but you know, there's the big question mark: who's going to control the house come January? Uh, third 2023 and uh, i say that because if the expectation is, is that the republicans take it over um you know you have the senate version of the farm bill and you have the house version the house version typically is the more publicized version the version where there's a lot more listening sessions throughout the country and hearings uh and so if there, you do see a change on the House side and, uh, you know, there's new leadership that comes in, they're going to have their own set of priorities compared to what we're looking at today. So you have the Biden administration that has their own wish list, but you also have Congress and a potentially changing leadership that may that is going to have their own set of uh, uh, priorities. And so I think those, uh, you know, we may see a little more of a clashing of that. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how that kind of uh, filters out. Uh, you know, the farm bill, it has changed dramatically over the last, uh, you know, decades, several decades. But on the flip side, the underlying components have remained fairly similar. Uh, and so uh, as we move forward, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how those different sides come together to either make a farm bill look pretty close to what we've seen the last farm bill or, you know, some substantial changes. I don't think we truly know yet how um, how much that's going to change. And I don't think we'll have any indication of that till probably late, late November, early December, when um, whoever controls the House starts giving, uh, giving us a little insight into what they're looking at. That's an interesting perspective, because like you said, the, the bill has been historically bipartisan. You know, both sides of the argument come together to sort of hash out and agree on a lot of these issues. And with that, over the years, you said the, the farm bill has evolved, as have the diversity of the groups involved in this debate as well. You know, what new players have you seen coming into the game, you know, as the industry has evolved in this farm bill debate? 
has continued. Who are you seeing? Yeah, no, that's a fascinating question from the perspective of, uh, you know, you, you go back to, you know, 20 plus years ago. I mean, again, it was very, very Midwest dominated and it was, it was, I don't want to say it was focused only on agriculture. It still had the nutrition components part of it, but that was probably the big press um, side of what was happening uh, today. I mean, if you look at new players, obviously California, I would consider to be on the newer side. California, Florida, and other states that have specialty crops are definitely on the uh, newer side and still trying to find their way, try to find their vision, try to find, you know, how do they fit into this whole piece of legislation that's uh, extraordinarily comprehensive. But, um, you know, when I mentioned, the, you know, the nutrition segment, the environmental components and some of those things, you're seeing those interest groups play much bigger or at least have a, uh, a much bigger interest or following this a lot closer than maybe they historically did. And so uh, you'll see a combination of environmental groups set out their priorities and visions, what they want to see in the farm bill. You're going to also see um, a, a combination of, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that we had the food banks here, but not just food banks, advocacy groups, um, you know, just interest groups that you've never would have historically thought associated with the quote unquote farm bill. Um, there's just a whole host. You'll see more what I consider to be, whether it's municipalities and states, a little more organized on what they're doing or what their voice is. Uh, there's a, uh, you know, this is, you, know, you hate to refer to it as a Christmas tree, but there's a lot of things that get hung on here that a lot of people probably don't assume to be in a farm bill. And so therefore, um, you have a lot more folks paying attention and trying to uh, jockey for position on what's going on there. And again, I, I'm, I'm going to be looking at this. I'm going to be involved in the process, but also looking at it from a very um, uh, political lens because it's going to be interesting how this uh how this sorts through, how this filters through, just because of what we're seeing on a nationwide basis, um, just so much uh, partisanship. Um, it's going to be interesting if that kind of filters into the farm bill or if they're able to really still kind of maintain that bipartisanship we've seen in, in the historic nature. Well, I'm really glad, Ryan, that I could get your insights into this issue from your perspective at the top of the of the Farm Bureau of one of the most populous you know, ag communities in the state. Um, you know, this is obviously, as you've clearly laid out, uh, something that um, everyone is going to need to be paying attention to um, at the come of next year. So we appreciate you coming on the show today and chatting about it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's an extraordinarily important subject that a lot of people aren't geared to thinking about yet. But man, 2023 is going to be the year of the farm bill. Agreed. This is Taylor with My Ag Live signing off. Thank you for listening. Subscribe for updates, exclusive content, and more at myaglife.com.